Well, hey, Chicago, what do you say? CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Luke, Corey, Cody. And a healthy chat already started. We appreciate that as we begin the Memorial Day weekend with a thumping from the Reds. All I'm going to say is this. 19 to 1 in 24 hours. Outscored 19 to 1 by the Mets and Reds in less than 24 hours. Cody, go ahead. I don't really have anything to say. <laughs> well, before, I, I'm not, not going to read the YouTube chat today because I don't want to, like, can't I, take I, it. I mentally can't take it today. Cause, I'll read it. Like, people tweeting at me, how was Master Boney on this roster instead of Nick Magical? Like, it fucking matters. Give me a break. Uh, anyway. Yeah. I, I mean, this... I, before we I'll hopped on, I was I, I asked if you had a rant for us today or if after watching that you even had the energy to to no, muster no. a rant. At the beginning, I get, if they would have stayed in the game, I would I would have mustered a rant for this one because what did I say on pregame? Christopher Morel playing right field is going to yeah. give me that was, was going to is going to annoy me. And it happened literally in the first inning, bro. This happened in the first inning. Is like, listen, people lose the ball in the sun all the time at Wrigley, but the dudes never played right field at Wrigley. It's a hard right field. And we've seen that he's probably best playing center at best out there. And uh, yeah, that was annoying. That went, that like, that hit alone led to a run that went against Steele and his earned run average. And it's not even Justin Steele's fault. The, the ball stayed in, and it, he, he should have caught it. A major yeah. league outfielder catches that. He took a few bad routes, too. And then there was a few bad routes. There was, uh, there was another one where I believe he uh, fielded it incorrectly or something. I, I there was like two defensive plays that well, he the, had that didn't work. Yeah, the first says one it was a triple, but... Oh yeah, it was yeah. a triple, but probably should have been a double probably if he takes the double. right route to cut it off. Right, there, there's just those routes. things. It's, it's, you know, we were wondering as we were watching if there's a strong logic to Talkman not playing right and Morell playing center, which he's obviously more comfortable at least at at Wrigley Field yeah. and has spent more time at. But this is why we had the conversation of being kind of, you know, wondering aloud why he wasn't pursuing third base more in the minors because that's the position the Cubs have the need at. And, you know, I, I think you would hope that figuring out how to dial in those throws and calm down those throwing mechanisms would be a little easier than trying to play multiple outfield spots, especially as we always talk about a tough outfield in Wrigley field. But this was just, uh, you know, that's the first thing, but that nothing good happened in this game. So the first inning still allows two runs and one of them is because of the triple that probably should have been a double. Um, and then the third one came because of the miss, like the losing the ball in the sun. So there's two of the three runs, honestly, on Morel there uh, that all go against Steele. And listen, Steele was, was not – this was his worst star of the year. I'm not even trying to make any excuses for him. But the de- – like the defense in general didn't help him out. Uh, it wasn't even all just Morel. I mean – uh, Steele himself didn't help himself out on the, the bunt or whatever. Uh, maybe that's more on Mervis. Mervis charges the ball, and he gets it, and then Steele's trying to cover first. He tries to barehand it, whatever. That's a play where Mervis probably has to just go to first and let Steele try and make the play. And yeah. if it doesn't work out, fine. But they, they, did, they, they didn't get an out. And it was like when that play happened, that basically – that was the description of today's game. It was just sloppy. Yeah. And we Talkman had a, overran a ball, I think, on, yo, a, yeah. on a single up the middle. He overran right. it. That and, moved the and base we've kind of praised his defense bad. this week, because, and that's why we assumed that, that he was getting a little bit more of a run out in center while Bellinger was still out. Like, the, the defense was just not good today. And obviously, and we, we complained a lot about the lineup in pregame, Uh I mean, outside of Morrell getting the hit in the sixth or seventh inning, whatever, like there's nothing. And all I will say though is that if you thought Hunter Green was going to come into Wrigley and get rocked, 
by the Cubs, whether the Cubs had a good lineup or not, or if the Cubs lineup was hitting well like it had against the Mets. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you other than, like, maybe dial it back because Hunter Green was a top draft pick, throws 100 miles per hour, and even though he's given up home runs and even though he's given up runs, the guy has good stuff. They gave him a contract extension. The guy has proven – or he's – in route to be like an ace for their staff one day when they are good again. Well, I'd take him. I would absolutely yeah, take him on 100%. the Cubs right now. I don't oh, care yeah. how many home runs he's no given over, how many runs he. I would love to have Hunter Green on the Cubs rotation right now. So any like there were a lot of people on social media that was was telling me, oh, the Cubs they, again they they can't hit off a guy who has a four and a half ERA or just a bad ERA coming in hasn't got, one guy used. The pitcher win loss record against against uh, against my point that I was trying to make on social media that you know Hunter Green like give him credit where credit is due the guy's got a 12 12.46 something like that uh, strikeouts per nine innings I don't think the Cubs have anyone that high uh, strikeouts per nine like Hunter Green is going to be a star one day he's just going through it with the the being a young pitcher in baseball right in the Reds he's only 23 and yeah so. Again, the, the lineup was awful today, as we said in pregame. The defense was awful today, but I will give Hunter Green all the credit in what he did today because six no-hit innings, what, 11, 12 strikeouts? That's not that, – like, yes, the Cubs' offense should have – like, they, they should have been better, but what do, you, what do you say to something like that? Like, he, he was great. And the only reason he didn't throw a, a no-hitter the, the entire game was because – the one thing the Cubs were able to do was make him throw a lot of pitches. So the plate approach perhaps was there. They just couldn't get a hit. So and that's credit to Green because he's got great stuff. So, I mean, I, I don't I don't really – again, guess, I, I couldn't muster up a rant for this because it's like you lost nine to nothing. It's not like you were in the game. You beat yourself today. You, you had a huge letdown after winning a series. Like – Maybe they can bounce back tomorrow and Sunday. I don't know. Maybe. But. Here's the thing, Cody. When, when you aren't angry and ranting after back-to-back bad losses, it's a bad sign. It's yeah. a bad sign it's for worse. your baseball it's team. It's worse now, when you feel nothing. Yeah, when you feel nothing after two losses like that, that's not a good sign. Our mm-hmm. chat is living up to its regular billing. Three comments in a row. One. The Godfather, Michael Collada. This isn't Marquee. Let's cut to the chase. Fire Ross before it's too late. Sean Caselli, next comment. Is Jimmy Carter alive? <laughs> the one before this that, Barb. Marquee. Are they live? <laughs> I, this, this isn't Marquee. The chat is... Uh, what, are, what are we sugarcoating here, Collada? You guys what get, am I sugarcoating for this. you? Here's the deal. <laughs> I may... I may actually enjoy an hour and a half commute and traffic home more than I will the last six innings of that game. The the chat is, uh, yeah, the chat would have David Ross and I think Jed Hoyer out of their offices tomorrow if we were if we were doing that. It it's just like it's super disappointing, right? And like mm-hmm. I don't have any delusions of like where this team is or who they are. Like you know, we talked about it in the pregame, like looking at the lineup, you're not going to convince yourself that that team is immediately winning the World Series. But just disappointing. They 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 win that series with the Mets. And you have an opportunity to keep stringing together a solid homestand against a Reds team that is, you know, not as bad as we've seen versions of them in years past, but they're still not good. And you had your, you know, you had Justin Steele on the mound and just from the jump, I mean, this was just one of the, just a waste of everybody's afternoon. And, you know, again, now like you hope that they, they, they still have an opportunity to win the series. If they win these next two games, you'd feel great about the homestand so far. But like with Tyone going now like you you just don't feel great about that and they these games are so frustrating because it was just an utter clown show out there the the Justin Seal has been phenomenal for this team Mm -hmm. but today he was not good he was leaving a lot of balls over the middle of the plate a lot of hard contact this was not his best start it's fine because he's been great but he wasn't good the defense was atrocious all over the field they're getting no hit for what seven innings like this was just an absolute mess of a game coming off a solid series and just immediately kind of bringing us all back um, down to earth in terms of like thinking hey let's turn it around and right. you know have a, ryan, a good stretch here ryan sent a tweet earlier after Steele came out 
Um, and it was a screen grab from Baseball Savant of all the exit velocities mm-hmm. for the Reds. Um, and, you know, it goes 104, 103, 101, 101, 99, 98, and down. And he, uh, he also stated that coming into today, Steele was – uh, 90 was in the 96th percentile in average exit velocity and 97th percentile in hard hit percentage. For all of you who don't give a shit about analytics, all I'm gonna, all I have to tell you is, or all I have to say, if you don't understand what I just said, because I barely understand what I just said, is that when you're in the 90th percentile or higher, that means you're really good at whatever that is. And so he's been really good at limiting hard contact all season, but today he wasn't. And Nobody hits the ball was. hard against him all yeah. year. That's he why he's been one of the best pitchers. He doesn't give up right. barrels. Today, uh, right. yeah. 10 hits, and they were rocking those 10 hits. Yeah. Right. Because he left a lot up mm-hmm. over the plate. Yeah. He just didn't have it. Like, yes, Steele had a bad game, but it doesn't diminish what he's done this season. Yeah. Like, you could tell Barnhart and some of the guys went out there when he was getting pulled, and it was like, we we probably should have had your back today, after you've had ours all season. Like, I I don't it's, I don't I don't worry about Steele over the last two starts or whatever you want to say. Like, Steele's fine. Steele's an all star this season. Um, this is about like multiple things. This game, for the most part. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's about the lineup. Yeah, it's it's about where guys are playing again you know I don't want to agree too much with everybody in the chat because then they'll all say they agree with me and <laughs> that's that wouldn't what you be want right. though Luke. oh oh that's right never mind uh but Gary points out that at this point in his career Morel is a DH it is true like he's he's not an average fielder at any of these positions right now I'm not saying at least the, the Cubs, ones that are open for that's him. That's correct. I'm not saying the Cubs shouldn't play him somewhere in the field. I'm just saying we we talked about it before the game, before it happened, as Cody pointed out. To me, he's a DH, or the need you have is for him to improve at third base, because you don't have a need for him to improve at second or short. Right. His two best positions. So I don't know that you have a need. In right field with Saya, I don't know if you have a need in left because you signed Hap long-term. PCA's coming. Focus on the future at third base if you're going to play him somewhere. Sprinkle him the other places. I just think Saya could have played. I'm not saying they would have won. I know they wouldn't have won if Saya played, but... I'm I'm intrigued to see if, like, Ryan can t- give us some insight on why say it or just the lineup in general. I, 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 I'll be the, stunned if it wasn't just rest. You know, this yeah. is, uh, this is also, yes, to the, to the comment we're looking at now, uh, we will talk about Morel breaking up the no, no, cause it did win me who you got again. So we will talk about that, but I'm sure that's, I, I think like to the point, like, you know, look like that. obviously as we, as we've talked about with other guys, this is a tough ask for Christopher Morel, right? Like, he, he comes up, he's always asked to play multiple positions. It's not an easy thing to do, and this is not always the position he was asked to play, right? He's actually played center field a good bit at Wrigley Field. The The thing for me that I think that highlights, though, and, and we talked about that while we were watching the game, is like this is not the first game where we've watched this team have to put somebody out of position in right field specifically or third base where then we're asking questions of why isn't the defense that good why you know was this route not as good it it just isn't particularly good roster construction right and like we talked so much in the offseason about how this team was constructed to play defense to pitch and play defense that's constantly playing guys out of position not having a a bench where you can plug and play these guys where the defense remains good that's the bigger issue right like it's not specifically an issue of you know Morel in this game right mm-hmm. or Mastroboni the one game that he didn't dive in right field right earlier in the year it's not about like these specific things the guys are out there doing their best it's a it's a roster construction issue when you want to win on pitching and defense we can't keep having this conversation mm-hmm. right if Seiya Suzuki isn't on the team we just don't have somebody that can play right field like that's not right. that's not serious roster construction when you're not built <clears throat> to blow teams out and you are specifically trying to get weak contact 
and catch the ball. Yeah. It, it, it just is something that keeps you, getting highlighted, and you can pick any of these guys, right? Like, we can pick almost anyone on the bench, and their numbers are just terrible, right? Mastroboni's numbers are terrible. Trey Mancini is a sub-replacement level player. Like, I, it, they sent Madrigal down because his numbers were awful. Tucker Barnhart's been awful at the plate. It's tough out there. Like, they, the, 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 the bottom portion of this roster has been really, really bad. And circling all back to the defensive thing, we can't even rely on that. It's not even like you look at today and say, oh, this is a defensive lineup. They're not going to hit, but but this is a goal. Right. The, the they, they're not even doing that. Plan, yeah. Yeah. I So you can argue that the quote-unquote roster construction has been the biggest problem with the Cubs all season because in April we cried about Morrell and Mervis not being here because of the offense uh, or the offense needing the, the Cubs needing the office offense at least towards the end of April and beginning of May especially and then even the first two weeks when the Cubs didn't have a right fielder we've watched things play out and now you're one now I'm wondering why why did they go with Master Boney or uh, whoever else they put in right field when Say it was out instead of Talkman, considering all of the defense that we've seen Talkman play, def- uh, outside of his one mess up today, why didn't they put bring start him start the season with him in right field? I like these are like who is that on? Is that on Jed Hoyer? Is that on David Ross? Who's who's like who's making these roster quote unquote decisions in terms of you know who's to blame? Right, like probably both. I would say at it's the, a little bit moment, of both. Yes, and like I. I just – it's almost like – listen. Jed, I, I, Jed took some of the blame. He did. Let me finish. He said I didn't – oh, sorry. No, you're fine. All I, it's almost at a point where – and I can't believe I'm saying this – that fans were actually right about a lot of things that, they were, that we've been complaining about for months, in, in a way. Maybe not fully, but in a way. Like, I'm always right. Of course, right. Corey's always right. So is Luke. I agree with Corey. And so is Luke. And even I think I'm always right. Uh, but credit to me whenever I say I'm wrong. Big of me to do that. But the, the thing is, is like we were right about Morrell. We were right about Mervis. That they should be up. That they should have been up. Yeah. Because where would this team be without both? I mean, I know Mervis is off to a slow start, but at least he's been playing better at first base than, like, than Eric Hosmer did. And even Mancini... And Morrell is, you know, he's, what, for two weeks he's been hitting the ball nonstop. And then you look at the outfield defense, and with Bellinger out, Talkman's played solid d- defense and had good at bats. Like, why Why did, not that fans were calling for Talkman, but, like, there, there's these, these decisions that they've made, and it's like, why didn't you give this veteran a shot first over – Master Boney or whoever in right field, and why why did you go with Eric Hosmer and Nick Madrigal instead of Christopher Morel, a guy who had 16 homers for you last year and provides some ver- versatility and this and that and I not that I think he should have been playing right field uh, whenever he started the year with the Cubs or if he would have started the year with the Cubs, but uh, th- there there's there's always been a spot for him no matter what no matter where they play him there's always been a spot for him. And even if that's DH, yeah, and like there's there's other there's other guys when as I, well that I'm probably not thinking of, but just, like it's it's kind of alarming whenever the fans can sit here and say that we're right about a bunch of things, whenever the organization is supposed to be smarter than us. Yeah, and it just because you were running through some of those guys, I'm I'm going to clarify this right. I did not think they should have kept this person. I'm not saying, like, in hindsight, I was right. I'm only pointing out that Zach McKinstry, a guy that they kept around, they kept playing, has a 128 WRC+. So just adding that on to what you're saying about these guys, I'm not not sitting here saying I thought they should have kept him or that he was going to be good. The reason I bring that up in addition to what you were just saying is, like, we don't get paid to make these decisions and be correct. Yeah. Jed gets paid to make these decisions and be correct. He chose Madrigal, Mastroboni, you know, et cetera, et cetera, over McKinstry, and right now that looks incorrect, yeah. right? And and these little things on this type of roster really matter, mm-hmm. right? 
and they add up and you look at guys like you know Mancini's been better than he was earlier in the season but he's still been a below average hitter he's still been a below average fielder he's a sub replacement level player that's the guy you picked right like Jed went and brought in him and Hosmer they look like two huge misses like to be fair Jose Abreu's been awful sure but but that was something that that but was something so the Dennis fans Tendy wanted. And other guys. You know, that well, was something was that reported, fans wanted. According to not Bruce Levine, I'm pretty Jet. sure he was. Bruce Levine said the Cubs were in on Jose Abreu. Mm-hmm. However much that's yeah. true or not, I'm. Just, but that's just what was reported. Uh, my my thing when it comes to first base is that I understood Mervis not starting the year with the Cubs, but I you can definitely argue that he should have been up earlier, considering the at bats that he already had in the minor leagues and. Again, the offense hasn't been from him hasn't been everything that we all hoped, but the defense sure has. And at least if you're getting that over there and you're getting him quality at bats, then or getting him at bats, you're helping you're you're giving the fans at least something, which is hope for a future the future of a certain player and just at least watching a guy that might have a future on the team. Those other guys, even though Mancini's on a two year deal, like they, those guys, they, it don't matter with those guys. And so I'm going off on a rabbit hole now on a bunch of other things related to this team. But, like, this is like when you talk about the roster construction of the Chicago Cubs in 2023, it arguably might be the biggest issue because they've had certain guys on this roster that shouldn't be on the roster and other guys in Iowa that should have been on this roster. And it, and it, and it, and it, for the first, what, two, three weeks in April – you got away with it and now here you are on may 26 and you're 22 and 28 and you know all those games that you lost whenever you know that hot stretch started to end it's coming back to haunt you man and like right now like do i feel dumb for predicting 88 wins for this team at the beginning of the year shut up luke do I feel dumb for that? No, because I didn't think they're going to be this bad at roster construction. You know yeah. what I mean? When I it, thought they were going to play I, those three guys in the outfield every single day, and I thought we're going to get Swanson and Horner up the middle every single day, and that they're going to play Morell at third base, and they're going to play Mervis at first before the end of May or the, before the end of uh, – before, before May 1st, or at least by May 1st. And, uh, you know – we just there's no like outside of those first five guys there's just like no consistency in terms of who they want to play sometimes it feels like and then the bench just hasn't been hasn't even been average enough to what like anything close to what i thought it would be so yeah i mean it, it also a is of, a, what, what it if is, this team is worse than last year no it's oh, not man. that bad I, oh so you're not ready to go there yet no it's not that bad do you think there's a possibility well, if they sell at the deadline, like everyone in the chat probably says that they need to do now, like depending on how many guys they sell. What percentage do you think that would be? Like, wh- what do you think the percentage is that this team could right the ship and get to the playoffs? What percentage would you say this team might end up with a worse record than last year? Well, I did see someone in the chat say that we're getting close to uh, stock up, trade stock up, I, yeah, I saw trade it. stock down territory. I, I, so, I, To be fair, I'm, I don't think they're there yet either. But I think all of the potential holes that we saw on this team, there's still a lot there. I still wonder about, uh, we mentioned Mervis and Morell. I, I think Morell needs to be here. I think Mervis still needs to be here. Mostly because there's no other option at first base. I do sit here and wonder when I watch Mervis struggle, and it's a small sample size, I do wonder if signing Bellinger isn't the worst idea. Because to stick you, around. To stick you around. Mean, yeah, yeah, extend him, you mean. Yeah. I, also a small sample size, but I do wonder if signing him to a deal isn't the worst idea, and then when PCA is ready, shifting him to first base if, if Mervis isn't your guy. I, I think also like... I don't know what they're going to do if, if, if Mervis isn't the guy. Well, I think I, I think on Mervis too, like the, the timing hey, I think McGeary. is a little frustrating <laughs> in terms of... I, I get that you didn't want to turn it over to him, but something that 
Brendan was railing on last year was not bringing him up last year and letting him get some, you know, mm-hmm. some of his feet under him at the major, major league, league level. level. And, games and that like, don't matter. yeah. And like now you've ended up in this place where like you ended up bringing him in where a, a lot of people were hoping he would be a lift to the offense that desperately needed it. And that's just not a good like circumstance to bring a guy into. Like ultimately he's got Uh, he's a rookie, you know, facing MLB pitching for the first time. So like, of course he, he's a part of this group on offense that's struggling, but like, yeah, right. Like he's a rookie, like getting his, getting his footing that the timing of it just doesn't seem beneficial to really anybody. Right. Because obviously you'll have the rest of the year, like whatever he does, you'll learn a lot about him and you'll be informed going into the off season. But you, I feel like you just would have been better off learning all this beforehand. And again, you would hope that Mancini or uh, Hosmer would be better, whether that was a good idea to hope that or not is, you know, not my call. But now you're in this place where he's a part of this bigger group that's struggling. And, you know, anytime you mention, hey, this guy's struggling, people say, what about Mervis? It's like Mervis is a rookie. You know, like it, you it's just give, not particularly good ha- timing when it feels like the season is like yeah. on the ropes. Right. It's like, oh, this is what this is what happens. Like you you thrust a rookie into a pretty like important stretch. And, you know, as we talked about in the pregame, like we're already seeing the articles about the trade deadline. So this isn't like something that we want to be talking about or whatever, but they're talking about it. They, yeah, they, ha- my, they have to my, play my, better my, soon. My, and I don't want anybody to think we're dumping on Morell or Mervis. No, that, that's, I mean, that's I'm, not the case. I just, I've, I've it, like Corey said, it's a lot of pressure to put on two guys to try and keep this team afloat while other guys aren't playing well. My, when it comes to trade deadline, to, to yep. go off your point and then I'll go to you. All I asked for the Cubs to be in July going into August was to be hovering around 500. Mm -hmm. Because if they are, then potentially they could sell but also buy at the same time. Maybe sell some of these uh, veteran relievers or maybe one of these, you know, veteran bats they have, whatever. They're six under now, right? Yeah. Depending on how whoever's playing the best, whatever. If if they're hanging around 500 and they're able to do that and then – insert some of these guys from Iowa, like some of these relievers, and, you know, perhaps add a bat or something like that, then, then you know, let it ride the rest of the year and see what happens. I'm not saying they should buy heavily, like trade for Otani. I've never said anything like that. Anyone who thought that they might actually do that, you're delusional. You're more delusional than I, uh, than I am whenever I said this team could win 88 games, all right? To go off your point, Mervis and Morell. Yeah, I've sat here and criticized Morell's defense in right field because it wasn't good. But the whole thing about Morell and Mervis is that in a year like this, as we've talked before, as much as we think that, oh, maybe if like some of these things went right, you added you added the guy you added guys like Swanson and Bellinger and a few of these other, you know, good players, maybe this team could do like could be playing meaningful games in September. And that's why my anger with the whole Morell and Mervis thing not being here earlier cost them games. There were games where the offense has just been so abysmal before they were here, and you just wonder what, how it would have been if those guys were here. And I'm not saying they were going to score, going to drive in all the runs and all that, but their at-bats at least would have been better than what we saw from the other guys. And so I think that's, that's my biggest thing about a lot of that. Again, though you can't go back and say, oh, Morell would have got a hit in this situation in a game that the Cubs lost, or if Mervis was hitting here, he would have got a hit in this situation, and the complete the scenario would have gone different. But it, there would have been a little bit more boost in the lineup because the first, <laughs> first month of the year was top-heavy. And now a lot of those guys have come down to earth a little bit. You're still getting good play out of Swanson, Nico, and say Suzuki's really started to heat up and a few of these other dudes but like in april nico was hitting like 350 he's i I think he's around 300 now maybe a little bit lower like 290 ish or whatever right like you can't expect someone like nico to hit 350 now if he is he's gonna be in the mvp race but like there's that you just can't expect that and so like i just feel like the cubs have really really missed on the opportunity to to pick up a few more games 
if they had had Morrell and Mervis here. And like that goes into the whole point of where they're sitting right now. They're sitting at 22 and 28 and you know, the season's on the ropes, like Corey said, and you're putting all this pressure on Justin Steele to now pitch suddenly like a Cy Young pitcher. When we come into the year, we're just hoping that he'd just replicate the second half of last year. And probably people in this chat that I haven't been reading are probably going off on him right now just because he had a bad start. Like, he doesn't deserve that. Thank you, chat, for not doing that. (laughs) And then we're blaming all these other guys for this and that. And it's just like, at the end of the day, the Cubs, they didn't take advantage. To this point, they haven't taken advantage of the opportunity of having the depth that they had in, in Iowa. That was a big thing they talked about is how they have all this organizational depth. Well, great. Use it correctly. They, they, they really haven't to, to this point. It's, you, you, like Corey said, they put Mervis in a situation where, okay, he's developing, but you're also putting him in a lot of pressure to, to perform considering the team, like they're, they're trying to win games. And then... Morell, you're playing him all over the field. Thankfully, he's hitting. What if he wasn't hitting and was, you know, playing all over the field? What would we think about Morell then? You know what I mean? Like, and you know he's not going to hit nine homers in 12 games uh, in this next stretch. Like, it, that's just impossible. We were lucky to see Sammy Sosa do it 36 times. Like, I, there's just so many things related to just how they've constructed the roster and ha- guys they've called up and sent down and called up and sent down that – in a way you can argue have cost the Cubs wins. And like, that's my entire point of this, of what I've been saying the last few minutes. Today, today I, is also a good, you know, moment where I think when some of those losses earlier in the year are frustrating and people are talking about bullpen moves or little decisions, like I feel like today is one of those days where that's why people freak out about some of those things right and it's not always easy to manage from the sidelines but like thinking to you know some of those Dodger games where Fulmer was out there even though a lot of people felt he shouldn't be out there right the reason people harp on that stuff is because Justin Steele has been phenomenal for over a year now he's gonna have bad games yeah Marcus Stroman's gonna have bad games these guys are gonna have bad games when you don't win the ones you're in Mm -hmm. right you're you're gonna lose a lot of these right like there's that old there there's the old saying right like everybody wins 50 loses 50 it's what you do mm-hmm. in the others right like that's what that's what we're talking about like so y- y- there's gonna be games like this it's gonna happen like steel has been great he's gonna give you a chance to win nine times out of ten maybe even more than that right but he's gonna have his blow-ups when you don't do those little things it gets really frustrating ultimately for me like we said this on the pregame like I know guys get hurt. I know certain guys are out. I know there's different considerations with who's in the minors and who you want playing every day and this, that, and the other. Like, it's very difficult to look at the lineup they threw out there today and take this team seriously. Yeah. And I, and I understand, like, we're, we're trying to, like, look at it all and not make sweeping conclusions. I know the chat's, like, kind of on us for even, like, suggesting that this season might be salvageable, but, like... You know, I'm not going to sit here and like make such a grand conclusion well, were, well, I, in somebody, May, right? Like, but it's it's one of those things where I do agree. Like, you look at this lineup today, and again, how we got there is a bigger conversation. But you look at it and you go, "This isn't this isn't serious." You know what I mean? This is just not a serious effort from this organization. Uh, and, and comparing that to coming into the offseason, what they claimed the ambition of this team was going to be, like hope to be competitive, yada, yada. With that lineup, no. No, well, it's, yeah. no, it, no it's not. I, I don't care if it's – you want to talk about David Ross, you want to talk about Jed Hoyer. I, I saw somebody mention Carter Hawkins, the elusive Carter Hawkins in the chat, right? Wherever you want to look at to, to make blame or who makes these decisions – this lineup when you're facing six games under 500 at home reading articles about how they're going to trade people at the deadline if they don't get into competition sooner rather than later and also for that to happen they'd have to be better than 500 they'd have to really show Jed Hoyer they were competitive this lineup on a Friday beautiful historic Wrigley Field at 120 it's not serious it just isn't there's no way this team is 10 games over 500 by the time the trade deadline comes around. And that's where I would think they'd have to be for certain players not to be considered being moved, like seven or eight or nine games over 500. Somebody was tweeting 
right near the end of the game saying, hey, this is the same record they had in 2007. Let me tell you, 2007 did not end well. I, wa- I watched it. You watched it. So, yes, that team made the playoffs, but, like, this is a totally different group of players. There's a completely different vibe. And to Corey's point, before the day started, I said maybe we should have been more positive on the pregame show, but everybody felt it that this was kind of a game that didn't look like they were being serious about going into it it yeah. was almost as if they were saying uh, it's the reds we might be able to get away with it today when people joke in the chat but, or on twitter they shouldn't that be they're treating it like that not trying to win at this point in the year you look at some of the things they do and their lineup today is one of those moments i don't believe that right but mm-hmm. their lineup today is one of those moments where i go well they're not trying very hard they're not trying very hard to win if, you, it's you know either, like it's, come on. it's either they're not trying hard to win or they're really that fucking dumb, dude. Like that that's and and I what what do you like what do you want me to think? Like I I don't know. Like that's I uh, it's possible that the rebuild is uh a lot if it continues this way, then all the stuff we talked about for the first month of the season, everybody complaining about I wanna see Morell, I wanna see Mervis. Brendan saying every game counts. We're trying to make the postseason. Mm. If the team turns out to be like last year's team and the trend continues down and they can't right the ship. And I know it's, it's not like three months of losing. There's a long season. But if it continues that trend to the trade deadline, none of the stuff that Brendan was worried about will matter because it will be a sell-off and it will be phase three or phase four or whatever it might be that's the real danger yeah that they don't turn it around i we got we got a break cody well save your thought hold on to it i want to bring up some positive news we're we're selling baseball shirts this weekend (laughs) can i can i turn that frown upside (laughs) down turn it into a smile Huh? You can try. 33% off all of our shirts at allchgo.com. The CHGO Locker, our baseball shirts. The Memorial Day sale starts tomorrow. 33% off plus for your diehard. Add that on top of that. So stackable. 33% off plus another 20% off if you're a diehard. Plus, if you sign up to be a diehard, a free shirt on top of that. Oh, wow. So you get one free shirt, and then you can get a really cheap shirt after that. That's two shirts. Oh, you'll have two more shorts, two more, two more shirts. Shirt of Palooza. You have two more shirts than you did before. So, math. Let's math it. Tell mm-hmm. me about the combat energy efficiency program, Cody. Uh, well, these lights are bright and the sun is bright. Uh, that has nothing to do with combat, but it's bright lights, guys. <laughs> uh, combat, the combat energy efficiency program has a lot to do with that. It's committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. That's right. ComEd offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, public sector customers of all sizes across the territory. Also offers free facility assessments that can find energy saving tips, maybe HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. How does it work, Luke? Well, they have an authorized engineer that'll work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals, your needs, in person, virtual, however you want to do it. Then within about three to four weeks, you get a detailed assessment plan that you can start working on right away. Each recommendation includes estimated energy savings, cost savings, project cost, potential incentives, and simple payback. If you own a business, don't sleep on this. Get started saving money and energy today for energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule a free facility assessment. Go to comed.com slash powering biz. Ooh, comed.com slash powering biz, Luke. That's it. Schedule it today, Cody. Well, if you guys were out at beautiful historic Wrigley Field today, your shady rays wouldn't have been good to have because uh, you could have shaded your eyes from the sun and you could have shaded your eyes from, from the bad. play on the field <laughs> um, and to cover your face whenever you're just sad. Um, anyway, J.D. Rays, they help with many things like that. So take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. 
Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn, durable frames, and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they'll send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. Together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much-needed support to nonprofit partners across the U.S. through Shady Rays Impact. From building play sets for pediatric cancer, cancer patients to providing young adults with MS the outdoor adventure of a lifetime, Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it now and for years to come. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them within, for free within 30 days there's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. Shady Rays Memorial Day sales this weekend, guys. It's live right now. Go to ShadyRays.com and get 35% off all their sunglasses. Try for yourself. The Shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. It's a lot of five-star reviews. If you're playing outfield at Wrigley Field, throw on the Shady Rays. Does Christopher yeah. Morell <laughs> catch that ball if he's wearing Shady Rays? Uh, Probably. Uh, again, I'm not blaming. I'm not blaming Morell <laughs> no. for the game. There were a thousand there were reasons, plenty they of reasons lost why they game. lost the game. Got yeah. the first hit. And, and he did get the first hit. And again, I don't blame him for being in right field or left field in Houston or where. Put him in the best position to succeed. That's on the manager. It's on somebody. It's definitely the manager, yeah. in my opinion. So, so, and I've been a defender. And, and again, I, I don't know that Saya doesn't have something wrong. Like, I, I don't know what's going, why Saya would be off other. We're going to ask Ryan if somebody asked him after the game. Yeah. You're just trying to rest him because of the injury in a night game into a day game and a lot of games. Man, lineup at the very least. Could he DH? Well, you, you, you get him off like, his feet and DH him? And Corey, I know that doesn't solve the right field problem, but. Well, Corey said it best, or said it's, I, he said something along the lines of it earlier. Like, they could have put Talkman in right field because he's played all three outfield positions throughout yes. his career, and then they could have put Morell in center. If they, if they absolutely had to sit Saya today, they could have done that. At least Morell has experience in center field at Wrigley Field. And I think I also said on pregame that, like, we were, for as much as we all complained about Jason Hayward because he couldn't hit, the dude was unreal defensively in right field for at Wrigley like that like if if you ever thought that Jason Hayward brought no value to this team whatsoever just watch this team play right field when Seiya Suzuki's not <laughs> out there this year and you will con- you will completely change your mind you just will even Seiya struggled last year yeah well, and, yeah and he's and supposed he's, to be a great outfielder coming and, over yeah and he's I mean he's not even easy had, he's even had some moments himself so it's like that's that's kind of my point is that they could have just put Morell in a position where he's actually comfortable if they were even in the outfield if they actually wanted to do it. Could have played Talkman and, and and right. Like what's I don't I don't know if things go any differently, but at least he's more comfortable in center. Just doesn't make any sense to put him in right field when he's never played there before. So back to back horrific games. Horrific. Just pummeled by yeah. two teams that are below average. Um, and tomorrow, Cody goes to the ball game, and Tyone's on the mound. What do you expect? I'm hoping a couple extra days fixed it. But if things don't go well for Tyone, you think the vibes are bad now. Yeah. I get, Gary you know, I really said like earlier, too. In Gary said defense, earlier. Chat. In my defense, I, I am going. Oh, I'm not. I'm just saying you're going to see it in person. You're referring to your record versus Corey's? So, no, you know, this is something no, he Corey, to bring Corey up. will bring this up because he is who he is. But He'll the only reason I'm going is because her parents are going and she wanted to go. So that's why we're going. I don't because you of think my own actually, because of my record at beautiful historic Wrigley <laughs> Field, I didn't want to go. Whatever, just go. Don't let the facts give away of a good story. Now, have you ever worn <laughs> pants to a game there this season? We need to be trying all possible combinations to get this right. Barb, for the love of God, please don't go. This is also, uh, <laughs> it's not the biggest thing that happened today. And I mean, he was only in there for an out. But for the life of me, I cannot 
figure why out Adbert why Azzle would Albert Alzali come I into don't, the, it? I don't have an answer. Why? There. Yeah. Why would you use one Same of thing the only relievers yesterday. you can re- trust at this point in a game where what was it nine to nothing? I'd rather have Barnhart go out and pitch. I, I know Assad. <laughs> I, I know Assad had to leave. Yeah. No, no I'm legitimately, with you. like I, they, could have improved on his ERA. From one yesterday. batter shouldn't take Albert out for tomorrow or the rest of the no. series. But why is he even up? Why is I, he even an option in in that? in that position like they, that they easily that's one that is they, like that's easily one where they could have gone straight to the guy in the very back of the pen right now you know what i mean like whoever they had the least amount of confidence in at all you know instead you went with your number one bullpen arm thank god he threw one pitch but like you it, it's the it's like you got him up to, like, to why, why you got him he, up to throw yeah. to warm up when like, it's nine when it's nine to nothing adbert should get to go to go home like go take a nap make sure you're ready for tomorrow he shouldn't even be in the ballpark let alone warming up and coming into the game right yeah i i think i i wholeheartedly agree with you on that one that's that was this Cra- this Craig was in the chat if tyone throws eight shutout innings tomorrow remind me whenever i'm on next because we'll, we'll give you a shout out because <laughs> yeah I I don't know what to expect out of Tyone. You you mentioned he's get he's gonna have a few extra days. He's coming off his worst star of the year. I don't know, man. The Cubs need him to be better. That's simple as simple as that. I mean, they. <laughs> I hope that they don't waste this season. A good season from Stroman. A good season from Steele. A good season so far from Smiley. I hope. The other things that aren't going well don't waste what they're doing this season because some guys are having good seasons. Uh, but Tyone is one of the guys that I mean, we're not telling him anything. He needs to be better. Like, like you said, like he knows he needs to be better. The Cubs knowing, figure it, they got to figure it out. Yeah. Because we said going into the season, that's the guy. That, could he be their ace? Could could Tyone be the ace of this team? Especially when they talked about, you know, developing the sweeper and all of it working or with the Cubs pitching coaches and stuff like that. And and I never like And if sure, it's the sweeper, Cody, then just stop it. Right. That, exactly. Then just go back to what you were doing before right. you got here. Right. So yeah, did I buy into that? Yeah, sure. Whatever. I was I was wrong. Congratulations to everyone who thought that t- signing Tyone was a bad idea, I guess. I'll pat you on the, the shoulder. Do you, do you feel any better? Do you well, want to like, go streaking down Lakeshore Drive they, saying that you were right about that? Like, congratulations. They, they, need, they obviously <laughs> need to get that right as, as soon as possible, but he's yeah. on a four-year deal. Right. Like, you, you got to get that right for the good when of it, the when, literally whenever you can yeah. like because otherwise that's just a sunk cost which it's very early to say that of course there's plenty of examples of the guys way that, that have turned it around but like it's a four-year deal like you you don't need that right necessarily tomorrow but like it is important that they figure that out one way or the other because he's he's going to be here they're going to be paying him and you're going to need that rotation depth at some point so but to like your point about like wasting some of this stuff like that's that's the thing like there's there there's some in the chat that are are still trying to be optimistic there's some in the chat that are like you know this team was never good that's why people didn't predict them to do good etc etc and like I, i i get all that like i think where the frustration comes in from though is what you were saying where you did start the season getting another like stellar all-star level performance from Justin Steele, mm-hmm. from Marcus Stroman. You were getting literally the 99th, maybe even 100th percentile outcome on Cody Bellinger, right? These things were happening. Ian Happ doing the same thing he was last year, another all-star worthy campaign. Like there's not always an answer. And obviously Mervis has come up and struggled. Uh, Morell has come up and been out of control, right? The the issue that I think a lot of people have is that you, you, there wasn't more urgency with some of this stuff, right? Like why, and it's not about each individual guy. They're not all responsible for it. Like as though it, you know, Eric Hosmer's the reason mm-hmm. they're bad, right? <laughs> but when you look at, okay, how long did that go on? How long was Madrigal still getting starts and leading off in the lineup? How long is Master Boney going to be given an opportunity to turn things around, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera the frustration comes from you were getting really good performances from a lot of these guys 
and the lack of urgency, the lack of being correct on some of those marginal roster moves that you made has put them in this position where you were not able to capitalize on those things. If I told, if you went back and told me in the off season that through, you know, whatever portion before he went down and he struggled before that, but the numbers were still there. Cody Bellinger was going to look closer to the MVP version yep. of himself mm -hmm. than the bad version that the Dodgers let go. I would have, I would have asked you, you know, how many games in first place? is this team. And, you know, instead we're talking about a horrible game against the Reds and they're six games under. That's where the frustration comes in. Not because we all legitimately believed this was some sort of juggernaut that was going to be, you know, fending off the Rays for a World Series title. It's that things went really well in a lot of ways and they weren't able, weren't able to do anything with it, you know, and we're still sitting here trying to figure out what they can do and whether it even matters. If so, you don't feel good, you want to look good. And if you want to look good, you go to FOCO. Get fitted out with the best sports gear around. Hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, everything in between. Spring baseball season. Oh, they got the Aloha shirts. Straw hats, polos, bags. You name it. Look at our set decorations. Wesneski, Clark the Cub. We've got it all. Thank you for that. Check out FOCO.com. Click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO4. 10% off. Cody's going to the game. Are you using, you're not using game time. You are using game time. I am using game time. Game time. Amen, I only use game brother. Time. Amen. Amen. Like I, you know, like I'm a man of the man, of the company man, as I think Ryan has put it in the uh, Slack channel of late. Uh, game time is my second favorite app. Luke DraftKings Sportsbook is my first favorite app. Uh, but buying tickets to your, your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is, the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near, near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Uh, so last time I was at beautiful historic Wrigley Field, I went because of game time. Had a great time. The weather was decent. Um, and I got the lowest price I could get because I waited until, like, day of. Uh, to, to get them uh, that's the the beautiful thing tomorrow 73 sunday time. 77 82 monday oh boy memorial day weekend if the cubs don't continue don't play good at least you can you know hang out there and you know get some sun and enjoy the weather at, at least that's the one thing you're always going to get at beautiful historic wrigley field so you get go using game time it's a, it's a beautiful thing uh game time is the place for last minute ticket deals forget planning months in advance game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time will credit you up to credit you 110 percent of the difference it's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason get images of your seat before you buy i love that feature by the way so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive buy tickets in a matter of seconds two taps and your set tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email i get all this junk mail all the time thank god i don't have to go through it and try to find my tickets from game time uh, snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app and create an account. Use code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with code CHGO for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. Uh, Janet Jackson in town this weekend. Oh, really? Tinley Park. That's not in town. Well, in the area. Is, was, that was very Chicago of me to say. But yeah, now you're a. True I didn't Chicago. say am I a true Chicago in just, Chicago. I said she's in town. <laughs> you said she's in town, like you're saying in town she's here. is it in the area, <laughs> like Cody's twenty miles south. Chicago right now. Yes, he should. Also, hi Ryan. Also, hello, hello guys. The vibes are great in here, as I That's imagine you assumed. Seems like it. Yeah, <laughs> they, they may be as high as they were in the clubhouse today. I think. What, what do we need to know from that clubhouse or from David Ross after the last two days, Ryan? Uh, I mean, you know, another tough two games, right? After two good games against the Mets to open up the homestand, they dropped the one yesterday and then, you know, getting no hit for, what was it, seven innings today? Like, yeah, it, it, it kind of feels like one of those things where they're taking steps forward 
and, and maybe it looks like they're starting to get into a groove and then all of a sudden they take a couple steps back. And, um, you know, I think, I think they're good about putting it into perspective that they're now 50 games into the season. There's still 112 to play. There's a lot of baseball and, uh, regardless, the most they can be back at the end of tonight is five and a half in the division. So there's that perspective, but I don't know one wants to hear that, right? They'd be, people just want to see them win games. And, um, it's been a pretty long stretch where they're, they're going through these ups and downs, uh, who knows where the end, you know, where the end of that is, you know, it's not really in sight right now because they just lost two, one to the Reds, one of the Mets. So, um, yeah, I, I think the, those guys are keeping things into, into perspective as far as like they have had success in bunches at, you know, at least at the beginning of the year, um, they know they can have competed with some of the best, um, you know, teams in baseball, you know, especially that, you know, the one Dodger series in LA comes to mind when I say that, but, um, you know, it's all, it's about where at that, at that, at that point in time, they were getting good performances from the hitters, good starting pitching, solid bullpen, like for the most part, everything, you know, at the same time, now it feels like at least one of those, if not two or three of them are off every game. So I think it's about, figuring out how to get those all working at the same time. I know we talked about that during the road trip too, when they went two and seven and just seemed like there was always one part of the game that was just losing them games. It's a, it, that, that's what it's about. That's how, that's how they're going to start winning is to get, you know, get all of those three aspects of the game synced up and, and playing well at the same time. Did anyone, uh, or maybe even you ask like, say Suzuki's status today was it like an automatic off day or it was just off it was just off today and and you know that could just be David Ross you know not hiding something I think that's the best way to say it but you know maybe he maybe something's bugging him right maybe there's some off the field issue that you know he has he, I mean, he hasn't had an off day besides like their off days for teams like he hasn't had a game day off in weeks um but even you know there could be something that necessitated to get the day off today other than just like a scheduled off day. And, and David Ross will wear that. He won't, he won't tell us that, uh, you know, he's going to keep that in the clubhouse and, and keep that to himself. And, you know, I see the lineup discourse and someone had, didn't they, I think they tagged you maybe Cody about why say it wasn't in the lineup against when he smacked, you know, he smokes fastballs or something like that. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's just like, uh, at that point, I, I I kind of laugh. I'm like, it's you know, it's a day off, and no matter what, we the lineup discourse is like, we're never gonna know the the real answer of why he got the day off if it is just a scheduled day off or not. And it's like, you know, there there could be something else behind the scenes in the clubhouse that just he needed the day off today, and David Ross won't tell us that. And I, I understand some of the frustrations with the lineups, but I, that one. I mean, that one, I, I, I don't know. I'm just kind of talking, I guess. But that one, I didn't have a problem with, uh, regardless of who was on the mound. Say I needed an off day, he needed an off day, and that was, you know, that's kind of it. Here, go ahead. You go it. No, I was just going to – you can follow up on it. I was going to ask about Assad. I can wait. Okay. Well, then, to go off that, um, was there a particular reason why David Roth, it perhaps if asked, was did he explain – why Morrell was playing right field instead of Tockman when Morrell has more experience at Wrigley and center field? Uh, I think, I mean, it wasn't really explained, but I think, you know, Mike Tockman had, had, had played some solid defense out there in this, what he's been up for a week or so now has played some solid defense there while Bellinger has been on the shelf. Um, you know, it's a, another point where I guess, you know, another position where Morrell just kind of needs to fill in when he gets, when that, opening comes, I guess, um, you know, Morrell didn't really take advantage of it today, misplayed a couple balls, took a bad, a couple bad routes, lost that one in the sun, uh, that I don't know that he would have caught that anyway, but losing it in the sun, um, obviously didn't make it look any better. Uh, yeah, uh, that's not like, on. or shady rays, especially. Yeah. <laughs> shady rays, like shady rays, probably he would have seen Girardi that. Ball, that was done. really pissed about that. Girardi or Boog was yeah. really hammering that. Can I ask about steel before you guys sure. go to Uh, Ryan, I'm just curious, anything from steel or Ross on steel, just as I think you tweeted, it was a pretty uncharacteristic day for him in terms of getting hit pretty hard. I didn't look to see if they were barrels, but he's a guy that really does not give up hard contact. Like we saw today. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, Ross kind of put it pretty simply. Like, it was just kind of one of those days where um, they got to him, you know. Um, I, I think he was he mentioned something, maybe the slider wasn't um, biting as much, and, and Steele kind of, um, about the slider itself, he said he felt like there were some times when he, uh, he thought he threw good sliders and they just did a good piece of, like, fouling him off or, uh, you know, spitting on it, not even swinging at him, so... Um, you know, there, there were points and, and uh, if you go look at the, you know, the pitch chart, I, I looked at it earlier, the pitch chart of, um, you know, where the pitches that were, that went for hits, where they were, um, some of those sliders just caught too much of the plate. Some of those four seamers just caught too much of the plate. And, um, you know, he's, he's very good at limiting barrels, limiting hard contact. You know, the hard hit rate is like a 97th percentile coming into today. And, um, I mean, I think they both kind of feel like it was just one of those days where the Reds saw him well, didn't, you know, they were aggressive, didn't, um, you know, swing at the bad pitches as much and, and were able to take advantage of the ones he left over the plate. And, you know, that's, uh, like you said, it's very unchar- uncharacteristic of what Justin Steele's been so far this year. Um, I don't like expect that to be. Like to be, I, I, it feels more like a blip on the radar for him considering how good he's been so far this year um but yeah it was just one of those days where um the 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 good pitches he they did a good job of staying alive on or just not even swinging at him uh and then the ones he left over the over the plate they were able to take advantage any early update on uh the ass man he was i mean he yeah. he ate some innings like give give him that yeah. like he he was good well, okay. Um, sorry, I was like, you got early update on the on the ass man. I thought like, did he get injured or, or did I miss that? Um, calf thing. He was like looking at his calf, and then they. Yeah, I, I, they, we we didn't we didn't talk about that um, post game. Um, maybe yeah, we didn't we didn't talk about that post game. So right. I don't want to speculate on anything. But um, that is speaking of the ass man. That's why they brought him up, right? Like that's what Assad is is here for is to eat some innings, especially in a game where you know Steele only goes three and two thirds. Uh, they're it's the game's pretty much over a few innings into the game. Um, and you don't want to just waste a bunch of bullpen arms, um, when you realistically don't need to. Um, so yeah, uh, Assad covered a bunch of innings, got you know, gave up a couple of runs, but uh, managed to get was it when did he come in like the fifth inning, something like that, and get all almost all the way through to the end. So, um, yeah, no, no update on if there's anything bugging um Assad but uh, he yeah it is what he was supposed to do he, he ate up some innings it was you know some maybe some garbage time innings and didn't look as sharp as he um has a few times this year uh, this season but he he did a good job of helping preserve the bullpen when they kind of needed it considering that game was pretty much over you know before he even got in the game yeah that's true and Tyone tomorrow so you don't know how many guys you're going to need tomorrow. So he's saving it for tomorrow's bullpen too. Um, all right. Any other nugget we need to know, Ryan, before we flush this game and uh, try to forget it ever happened? Um, on Bellinger. Bellinger was eligible to come off the IL today. Um, I don't believe – like I think what David Ross kind of said pregame is that they're still – like they, they just want to get make sure that knee is pain-free. Uh, before they really start to ramp up the baseball activities and stuff. So maybe there's just still a little bit in there that's bugging him. Um, probably taking a little bit longer than they hoped uh, to get completely back right where he could start to build back up again. Um, so it's just, I think right now it's just a little more rest, getting things calmed down. He's doing a few things, um, you know, tracking balls in cages, doing a couple, doing, doing things that he's able to do uh, without putting any stress on the knee, I guess, is the best way to say it. Um, but for right now, it's just still kind of looking like there's a, yeah, just they're going to need some more rest, some more time to get, to get the, the pain completely gone before they start to ramp him back up and, uh, and activate him, um, get him ready to go and, and get back in the lineup. Sounds good. Look for Ryan's stuff at allchgo.com. Diehards have access to everything. You should too. Um, yeah, I say we flush it. Kawoosh. <laughs> yeah, there we, it goes into the system. Are we going to flush who you got to? Like, uh, uh, no, we shouldn't. Corey we shouldn't. wins. No, Wait, Corey won. Shouldn't. This guy got the first and one of two hits. Broke up a There was a lot. 
there was a long time there where I thought uh, Mike Talkman with that one uh, walk was going to win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brendan so. was going to get it all. Congrats, oh, my boy. Walk, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Brutal. Uh, yeah, outscored 19 to 1 in less than 24 hours. Not, uh, not ideal. Anyways, we hope everybody has a great holiday weekend. You guys Matthew. have one coming on Sunday, right? Cody's coming for you. Why? Matt, Matt Gregory. Get ready. Oh, Matt Gregory. Yeah, you're Cody's coming. He's on the way soon. Oh, yeah. Throwing back some cocktails. I thought I'm not going to speak for him, but that was I'm going to go get a beer. Pilsners. I'll, I'll go get a beer with him. <laughs> it's the, see, I'm the, man, I'm the man of the people, man. Like, Matt Gregory is a huge supporter of not only CSU Cubs, but CSU Sports. So yes. I'll go get a beer with him. That's the, the, the least I could do for a guy who traveled all the way across this country to come watch this team lose 9-0 to zero today and almost get no hit. That's the least I could do for him. Beer. Right, sure a Goose Island. Island beer. Pocket Pilsner, if one turns into 10, that's okay, too. Thanks for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Have a great weekend. Corey Brendan on Sunday, live. Be there. Until then, fly the W.